Hello, this is Catherine and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. Yay, I took a holiday, but I got ill. I barely ran at all. But I still managed to learn a lesson about the importance of taking care of yourself. For me, the damnedest thing about being ill, apart from not being able to run anywhere, is that I never realise it's happening until I'm well and truly up the junction. Perhaps this comes from an upbringing that didn't take missing a day of school lightly, and an adult fear of falling behind on work or opportunities or momentously important social occasions. But I'm very inclined to put any change of personal state down to something much simpler, like a sudden artistic and inexplicable depression, or the grave realisation that something minor I've become dissatisfied with that day is really terribly wrong. Perhaps we're all prone to this displacement when we're poorly. It's definitely why last week, in spite of the snow, I persisted in exercising through some unpleasant conditions. Consequently, I ended up in bed with a ton of drugs coursing through my white blood cell infested veins. And it got me wondering, is this a particular vice of runners? Do we get used to putting discomfort to the back of our minds and ploughing on, telling ourselves it's all in our head? I didn't think I could surprise myself when it came to the runner's mentality, but apparently I can. Otherwise, this podcast of my blithering, frequently existential thoughts wouldn't exist, would it? My work's recently seen me travelling all over the country for recordings, frequently outdoors and frequently in unfamiliar places. And whereas the general layout of an English village or city or stately home, museum, train or railway station is more than familiar, there's always an element of uncertainty as to the facilities and comforts available when on the move, especially in the middle of a mithering cold winter. Sensible people are used to planning ahead, having a routine, perhaps researching a little about backup routes. But once I've done the work of packing all my microphones, formatting my recorder, checking batteries, packing spares, writing an interview, reading about my guests and ensuring I arrive early enough to figure out a plan B on the spot, I'm a bit tired of all the other stuff. Being an explorer sort of runner, I take pride in being able to wing it a bit actually. So my travel comforts extend to takeaway coffee, lip balm, a decaying water bottle, a few spare tampons and a can of M&S pre-mixed G&T. Two at best. I take a chance on being able to figure out which way is north, where the nearest loo is or somewhere to get food and drink. It's the sort of heroic behaviour that gives me illusion of inner confidence. But it's not healthy to neglect the little things, is it? Not when it comes to being truly responsible for yourself be it a mobile phone charger or a torch on a long run, an extra pair of gloves on a chilly day, a decent meal when your body needs it. I got ill because I've been completely complacent about myself for months, and that's why this week it just struck me that a lack of self-care is just a nag on those who care about you. Because if you don't bother to look after yourself, you're essentially adding to the burdens of your team, that is, your loved ones, the ones who want you to be warm and healthy and safe. I spent the weekend before my illness gadding about the West Country, Wales and Surrey with my hot new forester boyfriend, crossing my legs for long car journeys and long woodland walks, not wearing enough warm clothes in the biting cold wind, not drinking enough water. Hmm. In presenting myself as a real, easygoing, freewheeling, no-baggage kind of girl, I naturally ended up being a bit of a pain in the arse. Kitted out in my usual dress, 40 denier tights and walking boot combo, I eventually relented and borrowed several warm items of clothing before diving back into the car for some serious hand-thawing over the heater. When I got back to reality, I woke up the next day sick as a dog. I was staying with my parents and so then I became a pain in the ass to my poor mother who repeatedly tried to get me to go to the doctor only for me to ignore her, continue exercising and then 
finally relent when the situation had escalated. I should have listened to my mother and come to see you earlier, I said to the doctor on Friday morning. Mothers always know best, he smirked. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did make a resolution there and then to make some allowances for myself in future. Number one, I said, I will make the effort to take more care of myself on location. Number two, I will buy some warmer clothes. Number three, I won't ask too much of myself when I don't feel great. Simple. And yet, yesterday, just finished on a sharp course of antibiotics, I pulled on my running shoes and went puffing about South London in the sunshine. Actually, within minutes I was walking breathless uphill. A couple of weeks ago I was running 23 miles and now I couldn't manage 23 paces. Shoot, done it again. Why do I leave it to others to tell me to care for myself? I felt rotten all day as a consequence. So now I'm trying again. I really am. And I hope, fellow runners, that you'll join me. Running is such a release, and at times feels so purely hedonistic and joyful that you can forget that it makes demands on your body. And your body, being so much connected with your mind, is your most precious gift and in need of precious care. I already feel better for putting the brakes on the marathon training for a bit and allowing myself some early, alcohol-free nights and indulgent meals. Perhaps the mental shift in accepting we're not machines is what we need to galvanise an even better, more fulfilling experience of what our bodies can achieve, starting with an amazing immune system. See you after a rest.